0: Gift of wisdom because I have white hair. Um, if you're not so sure, just think about, like, as I said in the past a few weeks, you know, if you like to uh, party, you just might have a spiritual gift of fellowship or evangelism. If you like to uh, talk, people tell you that you're a talker, uh, you just might have a spiritual gift of uh, teaching. And um, it's just a matter of turning our human or natural gifts into spiritual gifts. That's what this is all about. It's not simply about trying to find out what our spiritual gifts are. Because spiritual gifts has to be given to you by our God. It is given to us, but at the same time, the spiritual gift is carried. By the Holy Spirit. Well, there's no presence of the Holy Spirit. There is no spiritual gift. Just because I have white hair, gray hair, that does not mean that I have gift of wisdom. I might, but not the spiritual gift, because in order for it to be spiritual gift, the Holy Spirit must be present. The definition definition we've been using for some time for through this uh, spiritual gift series. Uh, it was that the spiritual gift is a supernatural talent Something that we cannot comprehend. All ability given to you by God. Wow, that guy has something really special. He has ability to uplift. And these people who has ability to uplift people, to, to minister. A lot of times they don't even know what they're doing because God is speaking through them. That's what it is, what is meant by supernatural talent or ability given to you by God. To do what? To serve others. That's the key. For spiritual gifts to be spiritual gift, it has to be for other people to edify, to lift people up, not to discourage people. That's not a spiritual gift. If you go and say to somebody, and because you are filled with the Spirit, you say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, that's not spiritual gift. It's not carried with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has to contain If there is no love in the Holy Spirit, it's not Holy Spirit. I'll get to that. Spiritual gift, the supernatural talent, ability given to you by God to serve others under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Not your will, not what you think, not what you think is right or wrong, but the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's why many times we are asked, we are uh, uh, tall to shut up, to, to bite our tongue because it fits not from the direction of the Holy Spirit. For your gift to be spiritual gift, this person, Holy Spirit, must flow through you. And first and foremost, You must also understand that Holy Spirit is the essence of the love of God. God says, I am love. Without love, without His love, none of us are in existence. God created heavens and earth because He loved the world. Holy Spirit, the essence of Holy Spirit. Is love of God. When we say we have spiritual gift, then we must carry the love of God, carried by the Holy Spirit, unto others. To reemphasize once again, without love, it's nothing. There is no point us even getting together. There's no point worshiping God. Because God says so clearly, when God was talking about spiritual gift, you could have a spiritual gift of prophecy, you could have an amazing spiritual gift of faith, and you could have a gift of serving by selling everything that you have, everything. And you become so poor, but you give everything to other people. But if you don't have love, that's nothing. That's Nothing. You can go on and boast, and I gave, a, you know, everything that I, I took every money out of my bank account and gave to the poor. God must be pleased. Yes, if there was love. Without love it means nothing. That's so clear. If I don't have love, I gain nothing. So a spiritual gift is about love carried by the Holy Spirit. And because of the love, <coughs> the purpose of the spiritual gift is given for the common good. First Corinthians 12, 7 says, now to each one of the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Just the common good. And what common good is that? Is to love others. To strengthen others' faith and to simply to serve others. The first week, David Silk gave the overview of the gift of the Spirit. Then Luke Akrie addressed the prophecy and exhortation. Third week, David Silk addressed giving, administration, teaching. Uh, fourth week, uh, we study about the spiritual gift of shepherding mercy and serving. Fifth week was faith discernment, and wisdom, and last week, Pastor Ben discussed about the spiritual gift of evangelism, who is our champion of a street ministry called The Table. And if you're interested in hearing more about this message, you can always go to iPod, iPod, iCast, Podcast, you got to go to Podcast, and you can listen to them Or again. So all these gifts are to show the love of God and to be carried by the Holy Spirit and given to us for common good. Everything about spiritual gift is for common good. So today we'll address the spiritual gift of knowledge and apostles. First, the spiritual gift of knowledge. So let's read the scripture once again. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 8. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. So get that in your head. It's for the common good. It's not for us. It's not for you. It's for common good. It needs to come out from you because it's not about you. Because it's, it's carried by the Holy Spirit. It's not supposed to retain and sit in, in your belly. It needs to go out of your belly. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. You see, it talks about the importance of the same Spirit. And the best way I can think of it is you're advancing too fast. Can you go to slide before that, please? It's the, the light spectrum. If you look at the light spectrum, the source of light spectrum is one light that's a white light. And we go through this spectrum. Is that what they call spectrum? It comes out many different colors. And that's what spiritual gifts are like. It's just different colors. But the source is one white light. And that's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit goes through in you and said, okay, in the case of Johnny, Kate, whoever, I think through you comes a yellow light, through you is green light, through you is blue light, different spiritual gifts. But the source is exactly the same, and that source is the love, and that source is spirit flowing through you. You cannot be mistaken simply with your human or natural gift with a spiritual gift. It's not. Even if you don't think you have a natural or human gift, you can still have spiritual gift. And I'll show you a little later through the scripture. Whether you have a gift of wisdom or knowledge, they come from the same source. So what is knowledge? We think it's knowledge. We need to a little bit undo the meaning of knowledge. Most of us went through elementary school, kindergarten, elementary school, junior high school, high school, college. So we think we know what knowledge is. Knowledge is what's in the textbook. Knowledge is about the fact. It's facts. Knowledge is like one plus one equal to two. The knowledge is having proper grammar. Knowledge is about knowing the history of American culture, American history, the world history. Do you think this is what... The Bible is referring to, when it talks about the world of knowledge, the spiritual gift of knowledge, far from it. It's far from it. In the opening scripture, Corinthians Paul speaks about the world of knowledge. The spiritual gift of knowledge is the highest form of human knowledge. It is the highest form of knowledge in one man. There is no other knowledge higher than the word of knowledge. It's not about one plus one, it's not about the knowledge of how rackets are made. It's simply the highest form that God is talking about that what is that highest form? What is it? It's the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand hundred percent what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. You don't need to have 150 IQ, I don't know if that defines genius or not, is it? 140, 140. it's it's the number for genius. You don't need to, you may need that number to understand how how rockets are, are made. But to understand fully, even beyond your measure, But the gospel of Jesus Christ is you don't need high, high IQs because it's all about grace. And you understand this grace, you will know immediately that every single one of us has given spiritual gifts in all aspects. We have just about every color that comes from our bodies when the Holy Spirit hits us, you think that well, I don't like to talk. I'm mute when it comes to talking. I just like to listen. So there's no way I can be a teaching teacher. Wrong. Wrong. You're already given. If you understand fully what grace is, and you know what grace is, well, it's a free gift that God gave it to you, even though you don't like to talk, you don't like to teach, it's in you. That's what the grace is. You got it. I gave to you. You already accepted it. The fact that well, I don't like to teach, that means you're denying the power of grace that you already have already freely received. That alone is a wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge can go back and forth. Wisdom is knowing that the knowledge of knowing The gospel of Jesus Christ is the highest knowledge of all. Therefore, Bible says, get wisdom at all costs. What is this wisdom we're referring to? It's that wisdom of knowing that the highest form of knowledge is the word of knowledge. Feel about the Holy Spirit, then do we have the wisdom to know that this highest form of knowledge? The Bible says yes. First Corinthians chapter one, four-seven. Because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way. What did I tell you? You already received it through grace. You've been enriched. You have received in every way. You've got all the colors of spectrum. You've got all the colors of spiritual gifts in you. In all your speaking and in all your knowledge you have been already enriched through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what it says. Because our testimony about Christ was confirmed in you, therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift. How about that? So if you want to exercise a spiritual gift, don't shout, you, know, you can, and that's, that's one of the reasons why we're doing it. I'm just, just to, I'm just like, well, I think that's enough for me. Just go pick whatever and do it, because God's going to enable you to do this. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift, but what God is saying, because what? Holy Spirit must be carried by, uh, the spiritual gift must be carried by the Holy Spirit, as you eagerly wait, what do you wait for? For the Lord Jesus Christ to come to you, to reveal to you. So what is knowledge? Knowledge is knowing the grace of Jesus Christ. So you already got that. You have to also understand that you have already been enriched and you have already received all these gifts. It says basically eagerly wait and prepare and wait for the Holy Spirit to flow through you. What is knowledge? As wisdom is the essence of Jesus, the knowledge is embodiment of Jesus. Or Jesus is embodiment of knowledge. What is a spiritual gift of knowledge? This is best explained. It's a supernatural knowledge and insight <coughs> being given <coughs> direct, directly to you by the Holy Spirit himself. Not by your own mind or your own intelligence levels. Holy Spirit is the one is giving you the ability to see and understand beyond what your level of understanding may be. For Christians, knowledge is not about the facts. It's simply the relationship with his son. Because when you understand that, you got all the knowledge we need. So how do we get it? How do we get this knowledge? That question is not really right. How do we exercise it? Because I already said, and the Bible already said, we already have it. How do we bring it out? That's a better question. How do I bring it out? Instead of scorning people all the time, instead of dividing people all the time, how do I bring out this love of God? through the spiritual gifts. So when I was younger, I thought thought that life was not fair. Have you ever felt like that? Just life isn't fair. How come he's got everything and I don't? How come she has got all the great looks I don't? How come he's got all the smarts and I don't? That's exactly how I felt. Some people are just good in acquiring knowledge. As in human knowledge. My older brother, he never seemed to have studied that much, you know. He just doesn't study that much. You know, one of those friends doesn't study that much, but gets A's all the time. Oh, I I used to hate that. I mean, he hangs out all the time, goes to parties all the time, but he gets A's. And I had to burn midnight oil just to get B's. If I'm lucky, if you see my grades, I can be pretty transparent. You know, you got, every, you know, college, you got many grades. You can easily pick, oh, there's one A. Oh, there's one, Ooh, that's it? And you get a few Bs, I got some Cs. And look at my brother's transcripts, like A, 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 A. Gets Bs, like, wow, what happened to me? So I thought the life was not fair. But one day, I learned how he got all the A's. Listen very carefully. You can teach this to your kids, to your grandchildren. So one day, I was tagging along with his friends. I like to hang out with his my older, people who are older than me. That's just the way I was when I was young. So we used to go, or they used to go to this cafe in a hotel, uh, just to hang out nearby my house. And you see, in those days we didn't have like Starbucks and cafes, just hotel, coffee house and hotel. So they were talking about their college days. This was like soon after they all graduated. They talked about the college days and obviously from girls to parties and somehow they ended up talking about grades. So one of my one of his friends asked my brother, how did you manage to get old A's all the time? He never seemed to work very hard or study very hard. At that point, I was thinking to myself, he was born that way. That's his gift, and God is not fair, and that's what I thought. My brother, he took time to explain. He said, you know, difference between you and I in terms of aptitude or IQ, is plus, minus 20 or 30. If, uh, if it hits 140, yeah, we could be 120. What difference does it make? We're all about the same. Okay. So I want to explain. You see, most of kids, they go to class, and they generally are good students. They take a good notes. Yeah, and the other friends were saying, yeah, I took good notes. But you know what they do? They take really good notes so that they can study later. Well, isn't that what the purpose of taking notes? He continued. Well, here's the problem. Because they are thinking they are going to study or review later, they take good notes, yes. But you know what I think they do? they take a good notes without paying attention to the professor. That's exactly right there. I took good notes, but I wasn't paying attention to the professor. I was daydreaming while I'm writing down whatever professor wrote down the blackboard, thinking that if I take a good notes, when I have a time, when I'm ready to take the exam a couple days before, I'll just review it. And all the friends were saying, yeah, that's how we what that's what we do. See, you see, they are busy taking notes or copying whatever professors writing down on blackboard, thinking that when the time comes to study, that they can recall everything. That's a huge mistake. The second problem is this. When they look over the notes, when do they usually look over the notes? They usually look over the notes a night before the exam. Yeah, that's what we do. We party all the time, a couple weeks, three weeks. There's an exam, there's a quiz. Hey, we just open up the notes. Night before the test. And we all agreed. He said, you know what? I bet they probably couldn't recollect half of the content taught by the class. Because you cannot simply put down all the thoughts, all the essence of what Professor was teaching just in the book. Here's what I do. When people, are, we are like listening. I listen to teacher attentively. I ask questions, because if you ask questions, you remember for a long time. Then he says something like, we were saying, wow, you really did that? He says, well, the day that I take my note, when I go home, I review my notes. How long? I only review for 10 to 15 minutes. That's all I do, just review it. Then I party, just you guys, and hang out with you guys. The night before the exam, I studied no more than two hours. His friends were stunned, and I was stunned. And I was ready to punch him for not telling me all that when I was in school. And you know, he says something that was a very profound statement. And he looked right in my face because I'm his brother. He said, you wouldn't have listened to me anyways. <laughs> That's what the brothers and sisters do each other. They're not even to the parents. And it's like, wow. You punched him in the face so hard. It was really hard. But he was right. How often do we come to church? How often do you talk to your counselor? How often do you talk to a friend you respect, or pastor, but you don't listen. The people with the spiritual gifts—they are not born with it. They may be born with the human uh, gifts, natural gifts, but not the spiritual gifts. What do they do? They engage. They activate and they're very intentional about it. And they go into discipline. They make sure the memory stays on. Memory, as in when you're studying, that whatever content the professor taught, they make sure that memory stays on until they take, they're ready to take the exam. Just like, you make sure the memory, the content of the lessons stay on. They, we need to make sure the Holy Spirit continues to dwell in us. That's being intentional. Here's the point. To acquire knowledge, you must be intentional about it. To acquire knowledge, you must discipline. Proverbs 12.1 says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. Do I need to say anything more? Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. He who hates correction is stupid. That was me. That's exactly what my brother telling me. You wouldn't have listened to me anyways. Uh, Well, if my brother, older brother tells me something, I'll never do. I have to have it my way. The Bible says whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. That's being intentional. And also must acknowledge that it comes from God. That means it could be really difficult to get it if God is not with you. But if God is with you, it could be so easy to get it. Because Proverbs 2, 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He is the one who is going to give the knowledge to us. So how do we exercise it? How do we get it? In addition to being intentional, by devoting to his word on a regular basis, we must seek discipline, discipline, in God's way, God also gives this knowledge and insight through challenges and struggles that we face. That is why there is a section, there's a chapter, this book called The Job. He went through struggle. But if you open the book of Job, it's all about the knowledge of God. Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge. You see so much of the word of knowledge coming out of God's mouth through Job. How could he, Job, know that Earth was around, and it was suspended in empty space. That's exactly what is in the Bible. Even three, 400 years ago, we had no idea what that meant. God spoke through Job. Just want to let you know that there's you, this planet that you are on right now, it's a sphere. That's what's in the Bible. It's a sphere. It's like a ball. I have suspended in this empty space. Probably thought God was crazy. Out of God's mouth, through Job, carried by the Holy Spirit, Job says to his friends, hey, stop talking like that. He says, don't you know? How can you say that? Have you ever walked in the deep recess of the sea? If you go down to the deep recess of the sea, you will see hot spring. You will see volcano. Nobody has seen volcano under the sea. We only have seen in the mountains because we can see. The fact is today, there are so many volcanoes at the bottom of the sea, still splitting out. This hot red lava. The scientist has filmed it. It's amazing. You should go take a look at YouTube. The volcano under the sea. Just amazing sight that you can see. That's the word of knowledge beyond Job's comprehension. But it spoke. Because it was not... That he spoke, but God spoke through him. How did Job was able to speak? Or the better question is, how God used Job to speak his word of knowledge? Because the Bible says one simple thing, Job feared God. That's the prerequisite. Fear God. Proverbs 1 7 says, fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge. It's not from studying. It's not about memorizing one plus one equal to two. Simply, humbly, respectfully, in reverence, fearing God is beginning of acquiring all this spiritual gift of knowledge. But who don't get it? Who will not be getting the spiritual gift? Let's continue that, Proverbs 1, seven. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, despite wisdom and instruction, they're not listening. The fools are the ones who are not listening. The fools are the ones who are not fearing the Lord. If you fear in reverence, God will speak through you the word of knowledge. You may not have gift, natural or human gift of knowledge or speaking. But when the spirit gets fired up in you, oh yeah, it's amazing things happen. Amazing things happen. So how do we get well, how do we exercise the spiritual knowledge? You got to be intentional. You have to dwell on it. You have to live it uh, like athletes. You got to go into a strict uh, training routinely and regularly. You got to do and also have to do or know how to fear God in reverence and simply be still. Allow Holy Spirit to come to you and speak through you. Now for the uh, spiritual gift of apostle. I'm going to keep this one pretty simple. God says that God has also given to some the spiritual gift of apostle. Let me read how clearly it is that God has given to some Apostle. Ephesians 4:11 It was he God who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists some to be pastors and teachers So there's all different types of spiritual gifts What thing you need to know when you read this particular verse 11 when God says I gave some to be apostle, prophets or that do not be mistaken this with title See that's what we do. Whenever you see title like evangelist, pastor, teacher, oh, that's the title. Or they acquire through diploma, they acquire through uh, human knowledge, went to institution or school, or uh, some of the denomination says you have to go to seminary to be able to teach gospel. It's not title. And verse 12 to 13 explains why it's not about title. It's to prepare God's people for the works, service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. 13, until all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Spiritual gift of apostleship is not title. It's to prepare God's people for the common good, which is to love others, to strengthen others' faith, and to serve others. That's the purpose. If you're missing any one of those three, it's not spiritual gift. You cannot call yourself to say that you have a certain spiritual gift if you're not edifying others through that thing three three things it also to reach unity in the son of god you must make every effort to bring unity in the son of god not simply you and god we're talking about unity among people you have to be the influencer that brings people together not to divide that's not a spiritual gift And to become mature in the fullness of Christ. An apostle has to prepare God's people. Apostle mission is to reach unity among the people. Apostle's mission is to become mature in the fullness of Christ. The community that he's leading. We cannot be confused with the office of apostle. When we talk about office of apostle, we're referring to the original disciples of Jesus. Because we call them apostles. That will be using apostle with a capital A. There's a difference between apostle as a capital A versus an apostle on as in lowercase a. Apostle. When we talk about apostle Paul that's with a capital A. Because apostles of Jesus' time, they are very special. And they actually had a, let's say, different sets of requirements for that. Not only did they faithfully witness the gospel of Jesus Christ, they were to be apostle, the capital A apostle, the original apostle, they were personally called by Jesus. Two, they were given authority by Jesus to do what? Write scriptures. And they perform real miracles that you can actually see with the eyes. Apostles with the capital A are twelve apostles. There are certain denominations, Christians believe that. Capital A Apostle continues to today. That's not what we believe. Our church does not believe in that. Because today, no one is personally called by Jesus. No one is given authority to write scriptures. That's very dangerous. Other false prophets are writing their own scriptures today. You know that. There are no more that holds the office of apostle today. But the gifts of apostleship continue to today with different sins. Just like we are all ambassadors. You have heard that, right? We're all ambassadors of Christ. We're all disciples of Jesus. We have heard that. Just like that, all believers are called to be Apostles, that's lowercase a, to carry out the mission of Jesus. And the meaning of the word apostle is the sent one. So, therefore, the sent one has a mission. What are the missions? To go where no gospel has been preached. Raise up, develop leaders. They are the leaders of leaders. They are influencers. They are able to sacrifice and take risks for Jesus, for his namesake. Today, they are missionaries. Missionaries are apostles, lowercase a. They are church planters, they are the ones who are leading many many multiple ministries or called parachurches. In closing, all the spiritual gifts are given for the common good. Whether it's word of God knowledge or the apostleship is given to us for common good, to love others, to strengthen others' faith, to serve others. They are not given to us so that we can boast about it. God will be in tears when we do that. The spiritual gifts are given by God and is carried by the Holy Spirit. Where there is no presence of Holy Spirit, there is no spiritual gifts. Again, the definition of spiritual gift is a supernatural talent or ability given to you by God to serve others under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And for your gifts, for our gifts to be spiritual gifts, the Holy Spirit must flow through it. And the Holy Spirit, remember, is the essence of the love. Oh, my God. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you.